Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. We are going to be receiving communion at the end of this service. So in verse 18 it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. What this is saying to us this morning is this. In the past, all of us were living in a worthless way. But when we came to Christ, we were saved from a useless life. We've been brought into fruitfulness by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the word precious means costly or of great value. Did you know that our worth is equal to the worth of the blood? That's what was paid for you and I. And this is what sets your value forever. Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, said this way, For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belongs to Him. When I look around this room, I see Brother George, I see Brother Tony, I see Pastor Tom, I see Raul, and I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, these are not self-made men. These are in fact blood-bought men. You're a blood-bought son or daughter of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you know that you've been bought by blood, you know that everything good in your life comes as a result of Him and you give Him all the glory and all of the praise. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God the blood of Jesus is supernatural. You see, Adam's blood was contaminated through his transgression. And this condition passed on to the whole human race. And then Jesus came along as the second Adam and redeemed us unto God by His blood. And I'm telling you that in Christ Jesus, the last Adam, God established a new bloodline. The most expensive horses in the United States of America are in Lexington, Kentucky. They're worth millions and millions of dollars. And if a horse has the bloodline of a champion, the breeding fees can be up to $600,000 in hopes of getting a colt that will carry that horse to the world champion race. Amen. Well, Jesus is the champion son of God. Hallelujah. And he has a history of producing champions. I'm not looking at a bunch of victims today. I'm not looking at a bunch of beggars today. I'm looking at a congregation of champions, victors in Christ Jesus. The bloodline of a champion. You see, every one of us here today have the genetics of a spiritual thoroughbred. We haven't been born again by the will of man. We've been born again by the will of God. 
born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. And I believe what God wants us to do is He wants us to cultivate, to acknowledge, and to give Him praise for what's on the inside of us. Through Jesus Christ, God established the bloodline of a champion. And that life is in you. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And when you apply the blood to your life, that life is on the inside of you. You know, in the natural realm, a thoroughbred just knows who they are. A thoroughbred does not come on the track like this. A thoroughbred doesn't act like a mule. Come on, somebody. Why is that? Simply because they know who they are. How many of you remember the movie Seabiscuit? You remember that movie? It's a story of a racehorse who's running against the champion horse of all time for the championship. And here's what his manager said to the jockey right before the fight. He said, you just let that big fancy horse get right up next to him and look him in the eye. And he said, that's all it's going to take. And if you saw the movie, you saw the race where they had an eye-to-eye, face-to-face situation. Seabiscuit took off and just won that race, I mean, by a whole lot. Amen? And I'm telling you, sometimes all it takes in our lives to win is circumstances looking us right in the eye. Something or someone kicks in on the inside of us because there's a champion born inside of you. Hallelujah. See, we are running this race with patience. And on the path and on the track of our race in life, there are many enemies. But oh, thank God, we're not moved by the circumstances of life. We're moved by the greater one who lives on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, we can kick it into another gear. And at the end of our race, we're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. See, the blood of Jesus, it carries the right ingredients to produce champions today. Through faith in His blood, I'll see you at the winner's circle. I said, I'll see you at the winner's circle. Amen? Believers are not whiners. Amen. Believers are winners. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever is born of God yeah. overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. How many of you are trusting Him today? How many of you believe in God today? Hallelujah. You have the faith that will bring the worlds to its knees. Amen. You see, faith in His blood is all over the New Testament. It is all over the Word of God. You're instructed to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Romans 3, 21 through 26, it says this. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. 
being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Then he goes on to say there's no difference. What this is saying to us is this, is righteousness or right standing with the Father has been made available to everybody. But only those who believe in His Son, only those who confess Jesus as Lord, shall be brought into righteousness. How many have done that? Next verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How many of you know, want, want to know what the word justified means? Anybody over here? Just if I'd never sinned. To be justified by the just one means that you have been declared righteous. That means as a new creation, you no longer have a past. Now that you're a new creation, you have a bright future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have been brought into right standing with the Father just if I'd never sinned. So being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Whom God sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. Through faith in His blood. To declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of God, I declare to say that this time His righteousness, that He might be righteous and the justifier of Him which believe in Jesus. I don't know whether you've thought about it or not, but there is over and over again in the Word, faith in His blood. Faith in the blood of Jesus. I like what Andrew Murray says. He says, faith is largely dependent upon knowledge, right? Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. He says, if knowledge of what the blood can accomplish is not accurate, then faith expects little. My people are destroyed because they have no knowledge. If you have no knowledge of what the blood has done and what the blood is doing now, we will expect little. And the more powerful effects of the blood are limited. Feeble ideas of its power prevent the deeper and more perfect manifestation of its effects. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not us. He goes on to say, As we seek to find out what the scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood, even as we now understand it, can produce greater results in us than we've yet known, and in the future, a ceaseless blessing may be ours. Hallelujah. So this faith in the blood of Jesus has made you and I the righteousness of God in Him. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, You all know this verse, but let's read it together. It says this, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. What this is saying is this, is Jesus took our sinful condition so that we could receive His righteous condition. You and I have right standing with God, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. And I just want to say to you today, there are no second class economy class citizens of the kingdom of God. You know, we flew home from Tampa on Friday morning. We were down in Florida for about eight days and we left at 9 a.m. and got in at 12 noon here, which is about 3 p.m. there. It's about a six hour flight. I was sitting way in the back in economy and not even economy plus. But just because I was sitting in economy like this, trying to do my notes, didn't affect me at all. Because I know that I'm a first class kind of guy. Are you listening to me? And in the natural realm, you may be sitting in the back of the jet, but in Christ Jesus, there is no economy class righteousness. I'm looking at a group of people that have first class righteousness in the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, sometimes you look at what they're serving up there in first class. And you say, oh man, I I wish I could have that piece of steak. That really looks good. And here they give you peanuts and a pretzel. Well, thank God for the peanuts and thank God for the pretzels. But I read in the word of God that the cattle of a thousand hills are his. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm not looking at a group of beggars. I'm looking at a group of believers. Now listen, folks. This gift of righteousness is free. It's a gift. In Romans 5, 17, I want you to read this with me. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Read with me. Much more, they which receive abundance of... How do you tap into what grace freely gives? You tap into what grace provides with your faith. So the way that you receive this gift of righteousness is by grace through faith. And you then shall begin to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, here's what people have had this idea that righteousness is something we need to grow into. Righteousness is not something you grow into. Righteousness is something that you're born into. Amen? You were made righteous when you got born again. And listen very carefully. If you got born again two seconds ago, God will hear your prayer and answer your prayer as much as He will a saint that's been in the kingdom for 50 years. You have the same standing with the Father. Amen. That's such good news. His ears are open to our prayers. His eyes are over the righteous. And so it's not something we grow into. It's something that we are. Now notice with me. In the rest of the verse, it says this. We shall reign in life. Now, that word reign there means to rule. It means to have dominion. The Amplified says it this way. You shall reign as a king in life. I'm looking at a bunch of king's kids. You're a king. You're a priest. You've been washed in the blood. Amen. Now, kings 
in the day in which we live, they're more like figureheads, aren't they? You know, if you meet the king of Iceland, it's no big deal. If you meet the king of, you know, whatever, Timbuktu, it's not, you know, thank God for it. But kings are mostly figureheads. But when Paul was writing here that we shall reign, and the Amplified says as kings, he's talking about in that day, kings were men with authority over their domain. And when the word of God says that you shall reign as kings in life, that means you have authority in this life. You have dominion in this life. We have not been created to be dominated. We have been created to dominate. Glory to God. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And de bosore di kista bandela. And so rebediste levrando la queste fededo. And so as children of the king, we have a domain. It's in the kingdom of God. As children of the king, we've been given keys. Keys of authority. Keys of the kingdom. So take your keys, saith the Lord. Take my name. Take my word. Take the blood of Jesus and begin to apply it over every area of your life. And you will see that circumstances and the things that have come against thee will begin to obey you. For I would remind you that where the word of a king is, there is power. So lift up your voice. And declare my word. Say what I have said concerning your life. Child of God, kings and priests, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Rise up and reign. Rise up and act as if you were, saith the Lord. And surely the goodness of the Lord shall surround you and shall follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and thank him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been given the King of Kings word. Amen. His word has been sent for you and I as King's kids to believe it and to receive it and to speak it. And as we believe it and receive it and speak it, the King watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. So give the king something to work with. Open your mouth wide and say what the king has said. Sing what the king has said and surely you shall see God move on your behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Shout it with me. I'm a child of the king and I'm reigning in life. Now listen carefully. Part of you and I Taking our place as children of the king means that we are to take our place in prayer for this nation. I said we're to take our place in prayer for this nation. No king, no son, no daughter of God should ever allow themselves to speak disparagingly about the USA. We have No right, you understand? We have no right to speak disparagingly about anyone in leadership. Yeah, but blah, 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 blah. You know what you're doing when you're saying blah, blah, blah? You're giving place and license to the devil. 
And when you judge another, you position yourself to be judged yourself. If you don't understand what you see, if you don't like what you see, go to the rock that is higher than you. And begin as a child of the king to pray effectually and to pray powerful prayers. For I've said in my word that the word of a king, there's power. And as you pray, your prayers shall be effectual. I will get right in the midst of your prayers, saith the Lord, and I will cause power to be released. And things shall turn around for the glory of God. Amen. Yeah, but what about this? And what about... Stop living in the land about what about. Stop living in the land, well, if. I'm not living there. I'm living in what I know. And I know what the Word says. The Word says, I exhort that first of all, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, not grumbling and mumbling or complaining... That includes Schumer. That includes Pelosi. That includes President Trump. That includes all of them. I exhort that first of all, as a child of the king, your first responsibility is not to moan and to groan and complain. Your first responsibility is to pray. You know we serve a God that answers prayer. He said, I exhort that first of all, Prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Why are we supposed to do that? He said, because it's good. And it's acceptable in the sight of God. If giving of thanks is acceptable in the sight of God, what does moaning and groaning and complaining do in His sight? Listen, folks, the more unthankful we are for what we have and for the nation we live, the more ungrateful we are, the more we murmur, the more darkened our understanding will get. And I tell you what, folks, we can't afford it. I can't afford my understanding to be darkened. I've got to be clear. Amen. I've got to be bright and quick for my life. He said this. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Listen now, why is this? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. God's not done with the USA. People in leadership are not perfect. But have you looked in the mirror lately? I said, have you looked, come on, have you looked in the mirror lately? People in leadership are not perfect, but God is perfect. And when we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I believe the will of God is going to be accomplished in the United States of America. Folks, God's not finished with us yet. There is a great awakening coming to this nation. And it will only come as kings and priests take their place in prayer. Are you tracking with me today? The Bible says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. 
who would have all men to be saved. Come on, somebody. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. So get on your knees. If you don't like how things are going, let me remind you, we serve a God who can turn a nation in a day. We serve a God who can make what is wrong right. Come on, somebody. I'll lift your hands and say, my God is faithful. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't know that was in my notes because it wasn't. But basically, you have authority. We have authority in this life. Amen. And even though you may not agree with everyone in office, one thing for sure, you must respect the place. You must respect the office. That included President Clinton. That included President Trump. That included President Bush. That included President Reagan. And it includes our current president. You must respect the office. Amen. I heard some groanings in the spirit. Say it with me. Faith in the blood of Jesus. So I think it's a good time right now. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Over my nation. Over my country. Over all of our leaders. In Jesus' name. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. When I see something I don't like, when I hear something I don't like, I either turn the TV off or I just open my mouth and say, I plead the blood. 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 Mark Hankins talks about, you know, being in in, uh, college or in high school and him bringing home a little sassy girl with a real short skirt. And his mom, who's a preacher, amen, pastor's wife, looked at her and said, I plead the blood of Jesus. (laughs) I plead the blood. You can't have my son. Woo! Glory! Some of you need to plead the blood over your young children, your grandchildren. I plead the blood. Video games aren't going to take my kids to hell. The, (laughs) The agenda of this age, the spirit of this world is not getting my grandbabies. Why, Pastor? Because in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Raise your hands and give him praise today. Oh, Rabba Shandai. Oh, glory to God. I plead the blood. Mark came home one day and his brother had been doing drugs. And his brother is now pastor in his dad's church. But he'd been doing drugs and drinking alcohol. And Mrs. Hankins said, oh, she said, Bobby's just doing really fine. He's growing tomatoes in the backyard. <laughs> Mark went outside, came back. He said, Mom, them ain't tomatoes. That's marijuana. <laughs> she said, I plead the blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Come on, saints, get stirred up about faith in the blood. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Woo! Hallelujah. His blood must be proclaimed. His blood must, oh, hallelujah, be spoken of. Say, may I have faith. Faith in the blood. Glory, 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 faith in the blood. Hallelujah. When I get a bad report about the offering being low, I just say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. First of all, I thank God for every penny that comes in. But I know, hallelujah, that God is our source. Now listen, folks, faith in the blood of Jesus will launch every one of us into the very presence of God. Ephesians says this, in whom, because of your faith in him, we dare to have boldness, courage, and confidence. Say it with me, boldness, Boldness. courage, and confidence. See, when you have boldness, that doesn't mean you're disrespectful. It doesn't mean you're arrogant. When you have boldness, that means that you have confidence and that you have assurance. It says, we dare to have this boldness, Ephesians 2.18, courage and confidence of free access. Everyone say free access. And an unreserved approach to Him. Oh, hallelujah. Do you like it? See, my Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Now, faith in the blood of Jesus. You guys listen so good. I tell you what, this is a quick bunch here. You're quick, aren't you? Are you bright? Anybody here planning on losing your mind? Huh? Anybody planning on when you get to be 60 or 70 to forget your name? Now, why is that? Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love. And what kind of a mind do you have? I said, what kind of a mind do you have? A sound mind. You don't have to forget what state you live in. You don't have to forget your tithe at home. (laughs) Say it with me. I have. I will always have. I will forever have. The mind of the Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking at some sharp souls here today. Say it with me. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. Faith in the blood. Faith in the blood. Amen. If you catch yourself forgetting something, just say in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over my spirit, over my soul. And over my body. 
Come on, somebody say with me, I have the mind of Christ. Put your hand over your head and say, my mind is my mind. I will never, I will never, ever, ever lose my mind. Somebody says, are you talking about mind control? Yeah. I'm talking about controlling your mind through the power of the Holy Spirit in your recreated human spirit. Oh, somebody say amen. Woo, hallelujah. It's amazing to me. You know, how, how many of you have ever misplaced your keys before? I think sometimes in the kingdom of God, a lot of people misplaced their keys. The keys of the kingdom. But in the natural, maybe you've lost an iPhone or you've lost some keys. Here's a key to getting that and finding out where it is. Pray. Just pray. Ask God, Lord, where's my keys? And he won't answer you. It's in the couch, dummy. Your mate may say that, not mine. But I'm telling you, he'll show you. He'll show you hidden things. Pray in the Spirit. Oh, I believe, I believe this. Just because we may be getting older does not mean that we allow ourselves to go downhill in the area of our mind or our bodies. Now listen, folks. The older you get, the more you need to move your body. I just felt a lead balloon go. I like to move it, move it. Get your body moving. And I'm not just talking from the couch to the fridge. Move your body. Phyllis Moore, Keith Moore's wife, Brother Copeland was down there at the uh, Greater Faith Conference, and they stay with Moore's. She said, I'm in bed early in the morning drinking my coffee, and Brother Copeland is out there running. He's running. 82 years old. Hallelujah. Running on a treadmill. And then she said, I heard some noises from the other room. They have weight. He's doing some weight training. 82. Folks, if you want your body to last, come on. Treat it right. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Move your body. Exercise your body. Present it unto God as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. Amen? A lot of times when I go to work out, I'll just say on the way, because mark it down. Anytime you make a commitment to go to the gym, there'll be a million and one things saying, don't go to the gym. Just forget about the gym till tomorrow. You got too much to do. Is this okay today? You, you got way, way, way too much to do. You make a commitment to go to the gym, the enemy will keep you from the gym. 
So what I've done in my past, a lot of times, I'll say, Lord, I don't feel like doing this. But here's what I do today. I want my body to be at maximum use for your glory. And so today, on my way to the gym, I present my body as a living sacrifice. I give honor to you in my body. Therefore, I work out so that my body may serve you. Amen. Somebody says, next point, please. (laughs) Faith in the blood. Faith in the blood puts you into right standing with the Father. Faith in the blood causes you to reign as a king in life. Faith in the blood enables you It gives you access to the presence of God. And lastly, faith in the blood of Jesus. It grants us access to heaven's economy and resources. This is why he said in Hebrews 4.16, let's read it together. Let us, therefore, come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy... Grace to help. Everyone say grace to help. help. Does not grace provide healing? Does not grace provide peace? There is grace to help for every one of us today. A pastor's wife from Texas went shopping. And she had kind of a Texas colloquial phrase about her. She'd come back with a new dress and a new purse. And they'd ask her, well, where'd you get that? She says, I got it at the getting place. No matter what it was, I got it at the getting place. Well, folks, the presence of God is our getting place. We've got access to the throne of grace. Whether it's healing, whether it's direction, mercy, or strength, we can find it in the presence of God. Let's go there right now. Lift up your hand and say with me, Heavenly Father. I come into the presence of God. And I thank you, Lord, for supernatural strength, supernatural peace, and supernatural joy. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. See, when you begin to seek the Lord like that, God will reward you. He'll reward you because you're a diligent seeker. And I've discovered this, that his reward in our lives is his full inheritance. The inheritance has been given, but we've got to come and receive it. That's what Paul was referring to, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. He furthermore said, To give him thanks because he's enabled you to partake of the inheritance which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, years ago, and we're about done because we're getting ready to receive communion. But years ago, there was an article in Forbes magazine about 400 billionaires in the United States observing how they made their money. Some had gotten their money through wealth and uh, through entertainment through oil or even technology. 
Some of them had gotten their inheritance simply by virtue of being a son or a daughter. There were three sons. Three sons that were given and inherited $3.7 billion each. Everyone say, B-b-b-billion. <laughs> and next to their name was inheritance. They didn't have to do anything to obtain it. No. They were born into it. And as a child of God, you have been born in to a glorious inheritance. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You know what a joint heir is, don't you? The dictionary defines an heir as equal possession because of equal position. Say it with me, I have equal possession because of equal position.